Hello, everyone, and welcome to season one. My name is Presley. My name is Andrew. And welcome today to our second episode talking about the live action Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Before we get into it, Andrew, what do we do here? We watch TV shows that were canceled after one season. That's it. Yep, that's that's literally the whole gimmick. Uh, You know, if it was canceled after one season, it's on the docket for us to watch and review. So before we get into it, I'm going to give everybody a little spoiler synopsis of the show that we watched. Just so if you decided not to watch this show, uh, you'll kind of know what we're talking about and the podcast isn't a complete abstract concept uh, for everyone. Andrew, are you ready? I'm, I've never been more ready in my okay. entire life. Well, here it is. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. So today we're talking about the live-action Cowboy Bebop show made by Netflix in 2021. Uh, The show was a remake and reimagining of the original manga and anime, so this is why you may have heard of it uh, prior to Netflix making the show. The show occurs in the distant future when interplanetary travel is an everyday occurrence, and an accident uh, related to interplanetary travel irradiates the entire Earth beyond livability, so everybody lives in distant moons and other planets. Um, In this interplanetary society, corporations run everything, as is kind of the standard, um, which also leaves the whole world very lawless, and resulting in the government creating uh, these things called cowboys, which are just a name for bounty hunters, uh, who go and seek rewards for capturing inmates and ruffians and people who've escaped and bad doers and 'er ne'er-do-wells. The show follows a ship called the Bebop, crewed by a character named Spike Spiegel, our main character, played by John Cho, and Jet Black, played by by Mustafa Shakir. Uh, So those two run the ship primarily. Um, They pal around the solar system, uh, which then results in them meeting another bounty hunter named Faye Valentine, uh, played by Daniela Pineda. Over the course of the series, we learn about Spike's checkered past with a crime organization, Jet's former life as a interstellar cop, and Spike's ex-lover, Julia, who is trapped in a loveless marriage to a character named Vicious, the series antagonist, and former crime partner of Spike. Uh, As we watch the gang fumble from one bounty to another, uh, we also follow a coup uh, that Vicious is orchestrating against the Syndicate, the evil crime organization that basically runs the whole underworld of the society, uh, which all of this results in a final confrontation between Spike and Vicious, resulting in Julia capturing Vicious, uh, taking over the syndicate, and shooting Spike out of a window into the ocean, uh, presumably killing him. Uh, our characters part ways at the end of the series, being wronged and otherwise thrown apart, and we close on a teaser and cliffhanger ending, preparing us for a new member of the crew in season two. Boy, that was a lot. Yes, thank you for synopsizing it. I forgot to watch the entire series, um, and so well, that's going to make it harder to talk it. about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I watched all of it. Did my homework. Yeah, we always have to. We always have to do our homework here because it's uh, a torturous affair doing this for our dear listeners. But we do it for you because we love you. Um, quick note before we go on as well. Um, I, we're going to be talking about this in a vacuum away from the original anime. I am going to bring it up later because I've watched the whole thing and Andrew's kind of started to watch it now that he uh, watched this show. Um, but we want to kind of have an independent discussion about the merits of this as an individual show before we jump into the anime. And then we'll have like a two or three minute segment where I rant about it and um, say really nasty mean things. But you got to listen to the rest of the podcast before we get there. I want to start off with just a very general, like whether or not I liked this show. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's where we should start out. Of course. Um, now I, as personally mentioned, have the unique position uh, I say that because it feels like everybody I know has, had, has seen this series, the the anime. I have the unique position that I haven't seen the anime. This is the first Cowboy Bebop I've seen. Um, so, you know, I don't have any, like, preconception of what it was. Um, what it should be. What it should be. What the characters you know, that are like, kind of any thing. of that. Yeah. Exactly. I 
loved the world. I loved like the little mini universe it was in. I love the whole, I love like the cyberpunk thing. Like all of that is really, really interesting to me. And I love shows set in that because it's absolutely limitless. And you can kind of see that as they, as they go through the series. Like there's so many different little things that are happening and, and you have like remnants of earth's past in their pop culture and all that kind of thing. And I think it was really, really well done that way. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I think um, whether I liked it or not. I'm I mean, that's pretty... the question, right? If you like the world, it's not liking the show. Yeah, it's like exactly. a more holistic question, right? Whether I liked it or not as a show, I'm fairly undecided. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully by the end of the podcast, you can at least give it a star rating. Because that's I the whole think thing. I can give it a star rating. I think as a whole, I actually liked it. Okay. Okay. Which I think that's allowed. I'm sure which I'm sure people are going to fight me on. Okay, so we said we're going to talk about this in the vacuum of the anime. And when you look at it in that context, I think the show's fine. I don't think it's like an egregious, like, horrible thing. It didn't blow me away. It wasn't, like, stunning or amazing. And I think it's, like, a very run-of-the-mill Netflix churning out content for people to enjoy at their homes kind of show where you can feel some time and effort was put into it and the people who made the show care about the show, but it's not enough for me to be like, damn, this was like a great new Netflix show that I want to see a bunch of seasons of if that, if that tracks, because like Netflix has a lot of that stuff where they're making so much content. A lot of it lacks the quality and it's much more about quantity for them, which has been, you know, an obvious deficiency with their library uh, of late. No, I agree. I was actually going to get to that point eventually. Like, this is just another, not to like completely go off track and talk crap about Netflix forever. But no, but they it's going to, it's, it, yeah. It, it's like they're struggling so hard to stay alive because right. they just don't offer what other, other platforms offer that they kind of revitalize, redo, shotgun blast everything they possibly can. And that's what this felt like. It was like, hey, People loved this anime. We're just going to shoot out this show. Yes, we care about it. We put some production value into it, whatever. But ultimately, I just felt like, let's just see what sticks. You know, you throw all the pasta at the at the wall and you see what sticks. Yeah, I, I think that really is a good analogy for it. And I think, like, there is just too much, too much going on for Netflix to kind of take like to keep track of and as a result everything gets lost in the shuffle and so for a lot of this show while the world is really really interesting the sets are really really terrible right and so it's like this interesting juxtaposition where it's like I know every single shot they're on a soundstage or in a back alley right and nothing feels real and for a show like Cowboy Bebop where the world is entirely artificial where that is literally the conceit of the show and like all the meat and foods that they eat are artificial and like the worlds are desolate and whatnot that's a good concept but in the practicality the 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 filmmaking of it if you will is like very hollow and very easy to see through in my opinion um and rattled with technical issues which is also a problem for the show no i 100 percent agree like that that was going to be one of the things i said too is the sets it it's already made up right Right. this whole universe this whole thing like all these different things they're already made up don't let me feel so much like it is right. Like right. it feels none, none of the sets, none of the, the, the worlds that we really saw felt real. It was very obvious that it was like, Oh cool. That was like painted to look like it has depth, you know, or like, yeah, there was a lot oh, of cool. backdrops, this is just 2d like backdrops made to look 3d. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, you're in a really big cubicle filming this scene. Um, one of the things that, that I wasn't crazy about either. And I know this is kind of like a, like, I haven't watched a lot of anime. I'm just going to put this out there. It seems like they tried to take a lot of the like the the 45 degree or 30 degree angle camera Oh my god, I'm so from, happy you brought up the Dutch series. angles. Yeah, they tried to like bring those into the show to like add action and add flavor and whatever and it's like that did not hit for me. I was just like, all right, you're just trying. This is just too much. You know, like that works in anime because there's a different dynamic, there's a different way that the that the whole entire series is shot and is is set up. They did it like Michael Bay does lens flares. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Way I'm so happy much. you brought up this, Way too right? Many. Because 
I looked this up, right? And I was like, okay, I have always hated in every show and movie that I've ever seen a Dutch angle. For those of our listeners who don't know what that is, it's exactly what Andrew just described, where instead of keeping the camera at a square angle where it's like 90 degrees to the ground, right? You tilt it in one way or the other, like 20 to 30 degrees, where everything's like you just turn your head a little bit to the side, right? And it always sucks. It's always terrible. This is Presley's filmmaking lesson for the day <laughs> is never do Dutch angles because I looked it up. I was like, what are Dutch angles actually for? Because they always suck. And the reason that they suck is because they're meant to make the viewer uncomfortable. They're literally designed and like our brains process them to show a discordant vibe, right? And so if you use a single tilted camera shot a single dutch angle in a movie that's otherwise completely square it works perfectly because it shows a distortion of the mind a a way in which the characters are not quite centered literally right if you do it for every shot it literally just makes you nauseous and hate the cinematography of the show and that was me and i'm mad about it and i literally had to pause the show and get up uh, because I actually got nauseous, and I never get nauseous about anything. <laughs> yeah. And I was getting nauseous sitting here watching a Netflix show on my couch. Yeah, it was a lot. It was. I I agree. There's a tasteful way to do it. You know, every now and then, in a moment where it's like very very loaded with emotion or action or something like, it can it can be a good uh, a good thing to throw in. It's similar to music where you have like this dissonance in music. You know, you have this full stack of a major chord and you add like a seventh to it and it gives you that like note right next to the final resolving note and you get that build up and then it resolves and it's fine. You can't constantly fill a song with chords that have that resonance because it just blows everything up and your, your brain and your ears just want to fall apart. You know, yeah, I, yeah. like you can't it, just constantly switch between like, like left 30 degrees you know right 15 degrees left like the, it was it just is constantly literally every around. other shot it, it's like yeah. it's funny right it's like somebody dared somebody to like can you do this only making dutch angles bro um and then they did it and it was a bad idea i i i feel like it's one of those little gimmicky things that if i search right now on google and just went how many um what do you what do you call it? how dutch many angles. dutch angle shots are in this show there's a counter. Like someone was like, wow, this was way too much. Right. I've got to note this. Like this, yeah. people need to know how many were in this on the internet. Yeah, it's um, it's it's buck wild. It was like their entire identity of filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, it didn't have any style, right? Because like, again, if we, if we absorb this uh, separate from the anime, which we're going to probably repeat a lot, but I think it's important to our conversation. It's like, it has no purpose, right? One shot of one character who has just murdered 38 people then being Dutch angled is impactful, right? Uh, If it's every single shot, it loses all meaning, right? And that's just what it ended up being. Um, Moving on from Dutch angles, because I could literally talk about this all day and about how (laughs) mad it made me. Um, One thing I liked about the show, which I I think is is a credit, is the actors that they chose were very good for the characters that they're supposed to be playing. That is kind of an anime thing, but I also think that the actors do a fairly good job. That is for our principal cast members. The uh, secondary characters are laughably bad sometimes um, to the point where I literally started crying laughing at a a certain member's performance. Um, And I want to know. Oh, it was the character. So there's a there's a scene where they need information. And so Spike goes to... Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Jet, excuse me, goes to one of his old contacts. And it's this, like, lady that they pull up on Projector with this weird <laughs> lisp. And she, like, is flirting with him lady. and is yeah. like... He's like, I'll pay you back in, like, money. And she's like, oh, you can pay me back with your, like, big, sexy black arms. And it's like, oh, my God, who wrote this? Sounds to me like blackmail. You're damn right it is, because, Jet, you are black and you are male. Yeah, it, it, oh, man. You know, it's like, it's so, it, it feels like fan fiction, right? It, it feels like yeah. somebody didn't actually think about the way the dialogue, and I don't know how the actors, like, delivered it. I'm going to cut in, maybe right here, one of the best lines in the whole, uh, in the whole series, and I'm just going to let it speak <laughs> for itself. In his words, you'll never know true power. Yeah, no, the the casting was great. I thought that they they did a really good job. Like like John Cho really had the what felt like the swagger of this like cool guy, 
former assassin, like careless kind of dude. He he like played that very well. He also played uh, very well someone with a lot of secrets to guard and and walls up. He did a very good job at that. Um, Jet Black was just great. He's just kind of like this like very very sensical and grounded dude that's just like what are you guys doing you guys are idiots you know like this is a very realistic character he's like this yeah very realistic character that just like kind of has his stuff together and he just sees everybody else like flopping out there and he's just like what what the hell is going on like yeah you know very pragmatic yeah he's the dad of the group literally and oh totally yeah because he has a daughter yeah and all he cares about is trying to make this daughter happy because he's like estranged from her and so like one whole episode revolves around him trying to get this doll for her which is like the better part of the episode um meanwhile they're also chasing a bounty and it gets like really ridiculous because they're chasing the bounty so he has money to buy this doll on the black market because he can't get the doll in reality because it's too expensive which is a fun concept it's jingle all the way in a tv show my favorite uh christmas movie yes yes that was great um yeah that was a lot of fun um and daniel pineda did a really good job too she played this really like you know aloof sassy like playful amnesiac mean amnesiac yeah Um, she she balanced all of that very well and very fluidly went from like all the different ways that the that the character kind of like bounced around who she was if that makes sense like she she bounced around between like being you know trusting and open and wanting to be a part of their little their little family right and then all of a sudden she's like back into her old ways and like she just very very effortlessly like went between all of that and kind of like played all those corners of the of the character yeah you um, kind of have to think about her like a two-year-old adult um she was in uh cryo-freeze at some point in the past and if you're yes. in the universe in cryo-freeze for too long uh you get amnesia as a side effect and so one mm-hmm. of the things that is packed away um is a thing called an, an identikit and uh, that's like Faye's whole arc is her trying to retrieve her identikit from her uh, the the people that woke her up and conned her um, when when she was initially in Frozen because she doesn't remember anything. Uh, Faye Valentine isn't even necessarily her real name. We don't know. Um, and that is some of the fun dialogue is when you realize that she's basically a two year old in as an adult bounty hunter trying to be a badass because she is very earnest and very weird and is fun to see her interact with this like strong guy who is very straightforward. And then, uh, and then spike who is, uh, you know, a little bit more aloof and carefree and also just kind of weird. And I, I, that was some of the best time is when the characters were all interacting. Yes. Yeah. Some of the best times, um, unlike Alcatraz, not to talk about that again, but okay, that hurts. <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It was such a bad show. Um, no, the the chemistry between all the characters was so good. Um, they they all kind of had their own like. There's three characters, right? So there's two. There's a few different like pairings that you can put together, right? And they all hit for me. They all just like were really good. Like Jet and and Fearless, obviously, or Spike had a lot of of different times together more often than than that we saw than anyone else. But there was also the episode where. Um, Jet goes off on his own to meet up with his former partner um, from the ISSP. So he was a former uh, police officer, basically, and he was framed, um, and he went to prison for five years. And, and that's uh, why he's now never a bounty really, hunter. Is, and that's is why he he's a bounty hunter. He can't yeah. be a cop anymore. His reputation result. was smeared because he was framed and all this kind of stuff. And we get to kind of see that arc play out, and I thought that was a pretty interesting episode. It was kind a good episode. Like, or that yeah, part of it was good. Yeah, yeah, that part of it was good. But then, so... Sorry, back to what I was saying. The chemistry stuff. You then see, um, you see Spike and Faye together the whole episode, BSing, talking about their best bounties and like all the different. Yeah, they're comparing they scars caught. and they're comparing. It's like this like dick measuring contest with yeah. who they've been able to like wrangle up. Meanwhile, they're trying to pick a bounty together. Yeah, and, and just arguing about it arguing about who they should go for and whatever. And there's some pretty good comedy in there where like this one guy basically like eats everybody's faces off. And then they're like, yeah, that bounty's out. We're going to have the police handle this one. Yeah. It like was really we don't want to deal with the insanity that is that guy. Yeah. Right? 
it's just this funny little moment because Faye was like, no, he's the big fish. We should go for him. That's the most money. And then literally, like, as they're going along, there's just this broadcast alert that's like, yeah, everybody back off. He killed, like, 10 people. <laughs> or, you know, the other one is that, you know, they're about, they're like, oh, yeah, let's, they, like, settle on someone. And it's like, oops, someone just nabbed them. And it's like, yes. damn it, right? And then they, like, you know, they have to go back to the drawing board. No, in, in the show, it's like they, they're – you know, you watch it and you pretty quickly realize the formula here, which is they're never really going to be successful. And it's funny because they're trying to pick an easy bounty uh, and they can't pick one and they end up losing out because they can't even pick one. Meanwhile, every other time they pick one, they go for them right away. They get all the inside intel. They have all these connections and they fail and they failed by not doing anything this time. It was kind of funny. Okay. So I feel like we've, we've talked a little bit about what was good about the show. Let's talk a little bit more about the bad, that being the entire subplot and side characters of the syndicate. Yeah. Which, Wait. Okay, oh, are ahead. we going to disagree no. about this? Because I don't know. Uh, okay. I just thought it was so boring and predictable um, and not interesting at all. What what specifically like, like yeah I should probably be more detailed huh? the syndicate or so okay a <laughs> is that uh, vicious was not a good villain in the sense of like I didn't like the actor and I didn't feel mm. like it was like played in a fun enjoyable way he was just kind of mean for no real reason and it wasn't uh he didn't have any character to like his evilness he was just generically mean and evil um Julia is basically a sheet of white paper in the sense of like very bland and very meh the whole series and she has like one or two interesting little things that kind of start to come up and then they just like drop them immediately and then they don't ever have any payoff um and then they like completely character assassinate her in the last two minutes of the final episode yes and then the syndicate isn't fleshed out in a way that makes me care about the fact that vicious is trying to overthrow it right like we learn as he murders everyone in the syndicate spoilers um that his the person that runs the syndicate is his father right speaking of which his father is john noble one of my favorite actors criminally underused um that is the reason that the show was canceled is because they didn't use john noble enough anyway yeah yeah i think actually that was their specific quote from the from the producers was oh why sorry guys it. we underutilized john noble um Literally kill him off, uh, give him approximately two and a half minutes of screen time, one of the best actors in the whole show. Um, Anyway, it it just, there was no stakes to the fact that he was trying to take over the syndicate because I never saw what impact they had on the world beyond the fact that they're the evil organization that Spike used to be a part of and Vicious still is a part of, right? Like that, that is the impact that we see them have. No, totally agree. Um, I agree with most, most of what you said there. Um, Actually, actually all of it really. I mean, the 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 supporting <laughs> yes. characters of the sub characters were were not that great. Um, I thought that um, what's his name? Alex Hassel is the person who plays Vicious. I'd never seen him in anything before. I don't no, think I that know. or that or the blonde, the silver hair and the wig or whatever it was just threw me off. But a lot of bad wigs in the show. He he, yes, his character development was like just generally crazy out there. Just for no reason right we didn't get to understand his true motivations we did see a little bit of who he was and how he was raised that kind of informed some of it um but i thought he actually did a pretty decent job of playing an absolutely fucking insane person no but we we see a bunch of insane people in the show right like the people that they track down as bounties and all of them are more compelling than vicious is i guess i guess maybe not an absolutely insane person but someone who's like clearly needs to go to therapy and just like can't process any of the shit they've been through because he just was like deadpan and kind of like well i just want to be in control of everything uh because i feel like i've never been in control in my life and that's kind of the most that i feel like i got from from his development um and that he just like had this hunger to just rule everything um but you i agree there we didn't get to see enough about like the syndicate's menace to society yeah there, we like didn't get what to they see do enough about what they were and what they do they sold fish and they sold drugs i guess like, red eye was a drug that they no that that's they, just they vicious though that's not the syndicate um oh really oh yeah. well, that see that didn't even that didn't even track for me exactly Um, but but yeah i julia like i had a really hard time processing um 
why anyone was interested in her. Cause because because yeah, she's she's gorgeous, she's pretty, conventionally pretty, but like she her I don't know, just I don't get it. I didn't get it. Her personality just wasn't there. And and there was there was a little bit of it, like you said, and then they just like completely destroyed her character. Like there was no build up to we just didn't get to see behind the curtain enough of her thought process. She's just like this innocent, like, oh, you know, I ended up with this person. Now I feel trapped and whatever. And I, I kind of come up with a couple of ways to try to get out of it. And now I'm this like ruthless person who wants to rule the world. Yeah. The, the villain turn, which is important to talk about is that at the end, right? Not only does she save spike by shooting vicious right before vicious is about to get over him and kill him. She then shoots Spike, her former lover and person that she tried to run away with. Um, yeah. And this is because when she realizes... Because he won't rule with her, which, like, again, where did that come from? Never been in his character and was never yeah. in her character. And so then she kills both of her ex-lovers, presumably. It's, she ends up keeping Vicious hostage, which is kind of an interesting twist to that. But... It, it's just like it rings hollow because like here's this woman that didn't get any characterization didn't uh really get to feel like a real character other than an object for the men to desire which is obviously not a good way to write women and then yeah, horrible is like supposed to be turned into the main antagonist which like okay maybe you could redeem that in season two and given her more information and more stuff but this show didn't get a season two and so we can only go off of what was given to us and what was given to us was this really shallow character uh, that isn't interesting that has this weird villain turn in the la- literally in the last two minutes of this series right like it's not we're not exaggerating when we say like that. genuinely like the end and um so that's just like a real bummer because that's like half the show right like it, it would be one thing if this was like every episode had a single minute that was dedicated to the syndicate and watching this coup unfold right mm-hmm. where we weren't seeing them talking as much uh, we were just seeing like oh vicious killed the person that told him that spike was alive because vicious had thought he had killed spike many years ago right and it's yeah. like that's a cool shot and he doesn't say anything he just murders the person right and it's like oh okay who's this weird guy right and if every episode like ended with like a little teaser about what's happening with the syndicate where we're not seeing this whole like geopolitical thing like that's super boring or uh you know we're just seeing the little bits of like you know uh, Julia coming home and then he's like so angry that he just like hits her out of nowhere right like these little touches and then at the end the last episode being a little bit more about that and the intersection of these two worlds that one of which we've never seen which now we need to talk about episode nine the worst episode in the show Ooh, okay episode take, nine take us there is the flashback episode where instead of leaving these interesting mystery threads um, for the viewer to kind of think about and process and wonder about the histories of these people they just show the entire backstory and history about how spike and vicious had a falling out how spike and julia fell in love how vicious uh killed spike uh or killed in air quotes spike and it just like sucks the air out of the room and it's so boring as the penultimate episode and i hate backstory episodes in everything always because they always suck there were plenty of opportunities to fit the pieces of that episode into the show to give us kind of a broken, like uh, like small little flashbacks, which they kind of did some flashbacks to kind of inform some of that backstory. They could have taken, like, I, I don't mind back, back flashes or flashbacks. Wow. I like back uh, flashes. That's more fun. Yeah. That, just, that sounds, yeah, th- those flashbacks, they kind of, I, I, I don't mind them when they inform that character development. For me as a, as a viewer, what the most important things for me are like team chemistry, right? Like like the main characters have a good chemistry. They have right. good like arcs of their own for development, but then they have individual little like pairings of chemistry and whatever, which again, like we mentioned, it was pretty good in this. And and then that character development across the series, that those flashbacks inform that character development. It helps us understand and, and, and get to know that character. And then typically we get to see that go further, right? We go, oh, this person's been through this or they experienced this. That's how it makes them who they are now. This is where they're going now. When uh, you e- put all of that in one episode, it just, it killed my, it killed my vibe. I was like, ah, what? Like, it's interesting to know that that's what happened between them because I've been wondering the whole time. 
but don't waste an entire 45 minute episode on it. Uh, I think like here, here's the perfect way that I feel about it. Right. Throughout the entire series, we do see uh, tiny bits and pieces of the backstory, right? We see the moment uh, when Spike gets shot by vicious uh, falling like off a bridge. Right. And we see him like dropping the rose and being betrayed by Julia. And we see him find the old Polaroid of him and Julia dancing together. All of those moments were nice because they allow two things to happen, right? They do inform and show what literally has happened between these two characters or three characters, I should say. They also allow for, in the mind's eye of the viewer, to make up their own kind of determination about what happened, right? To, to, uh, you know, in the age-old adage, uh, show, don't tell, right? We see the clips of what's been going on, but we're allowed to infer and make some determinations on our own, which I always find to be more interesting than uh, when you just tell us everything. It's the great, like, Star Wars example, right? Where when you're hearing about all the things in the first Star Wars ever about, like, the Clone Wars and about, like, these offhanded comments, the Kessel Run, all these things, they get your mind racing and thinking about the potential. And then when we see them on the screen and they're fleshed out in full detail, you realize that they're boring and they're not interesting things because your mind is always going to come up with a more interesting thing for yourself than uh, just fleshing out an entire backstory. Man, I really don't want to argue about Star Wars right now, but I really want to argue about Star Wars right now. <laughs> this isn't um, the argue about Star Wars hour of the podcast. That comes uh, I, in our private time. Okay, Andrew, do you feel like we've talked enough about the show for me to dive for like two, two and a half minutes into the anime and talk about some major divergences and reasons why this show is different? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Because I, cause I think here's the thing is like I being someone that I, I have now since we watched this. I have watched a few episodes of the original anime. Um, oh, wait, can we just, like, the theme song fucking slaps. Oh, it's the best theme song of a show ever. And that can, is, can they do a very good job. Can we just talk about how also, like, the opening scene of it is, like, some OG shit and then Archer just completely stole their thing? Um. So in the 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 title sequence has been like parodied and or uh you know homaged in any number yeah, of given right. things and and like in yeah. a heartfelt way which archer is very clearly doing that it is not like a yeah yeah it, yeah because no, like, it's great. there's a lot of influence there um one of the things that happens in the anime is there's just very famous uh fight sequence between spike and um the guy that takes the red eye in the first episode and that like shot for shot fight sequence has been in like so many animes and so many cartoons without you ever realizing it because of how influential this show is on the whole, um, in the anime manga world. Um, if I like played it for you, you'd be like, wait, I've definitely seen this fight sequence before, even if you've never seen the show. Yeah. Because you've seen it it in other things without realizing Mm -hmm. it. And so, yeah, the, the theme song, which you guys heard earlier, which we cut in the episode, is um, it, it slaps so hard. It is just a song I just listen to because it's so good. It's so the soundtrack great. in this show slaps as well. Um, it's all this uh, noir jazz uh, coupled with some, like, you know, light action-y generic space sounds and stuff. But it, it's, like, so classic and sets the tone so well for this, like, noir space opera kind of mm-hmm. feeling that the show generates. Um, and, and they do a great job at that. I mean, that was all set up by the anime. So this is us talking about the anime now, uh, which is better than the live action show. And you should just watch the anime. Yes. Watch the anime. I'm, I literally have only watched like six episodes and I'm, I'm like, okay, totally get what they were trying to do with the live action. This is so much better. Yeah. And I think it was great, you know? And I think that it's, like, important to talk about, like, the distinctions because, like, when you make something that is animated, you fundamentally have to think about making it and think about the way that you're presenting all the elements on the screen in a different way than a live action, right? In a live action, you're more or less restricted to what you can make in reality. Anime has so much more color, personality, movement, and flow that you can never, as much as you try, really replicate on the screen. Every single live action adaptation of any anime ever has always tried, and they have always failed, uh, without exception. And I will take <sighs> challengers on this in the comments. Get at me. But it, I, you guys know I'm right. No, yeah, I think I think that this, this live action creation fell victim to the, like, anime to live action pipeline that happens it's so bad yeah like like all i i can hardly think of or or rather i can't think of an anime or like an animated series or whatever that went to live action that was like 
holy shit, they did it. No, like, it, this is it doesn't so exist. Good. Is because it doesn't exist it. because yeah. you cannot capture the way anime is produced and the way it's set up. You cannot capture that in live action. That's because, like, if, if listen, if these people could have done what they wanted to do in live action, they wouldn't have written a fucking anime series. And you know what's an interesting point? <laughs> they would have made it. Yeah, and, and I'm in total agreement. You know what the other reason that I like Cowboy Bebop, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, One Piece, whatever? You want to know why I like those shows? I do. Because they're animated. Yes. <laughs> like, making them live action doesn't do anything to enhance it for me. There are plenty no. of other good live action IPs to enjoy. But, like, part of the charm, part of the enjoyment is the animation, is the artwork that is made. And, and filmmaking and TV show making, all that is art in a different sense. But, like, you know, there's a there's a purity in animation and in manga and in all that uh, drawn creations that you will never, ever, ever get to in, uh, you know, in a live action. Yeah, no, I 100% agree in it. It's just, stop doing it. Just people just need to stop doing it. Let oh, yeah, do you know anime. that Netflix is uh, coming out with a One Piece um, live yeah, action Yeah, well? I saw something about that. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a future am, episode, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I imagine in the next year or two. Tune in um, for our season one episode be, of One Piece after they cancel it. That'll be like episode 45 or something. Yeah, we'll see when it comes out. Uh, I think the 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 main takeaway, which everybody already knows, but we'll just reiterate for the executives out there, is don't make live action animes. It it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it the real problem is that it robs this show of heart that it could have had. If you took yeah. Cowboy Bebop, took the inspiration of the world, even licensed the worlds and the properties, made it about completely different characters, had no yes. cameos from the original characters in it. Just was in the same universe, had same brands. Maybe you have one or two carryover characters, like the bar owner, or uh, you know, you hear about things in the background of the syndicate action or whatever, yes. and you structure something in the same world. You could maybe pull it off in live action, but it's still going to be bad, and so you shouldn't do it. So just Completely leave well enough alone, right? And that's like my one, my last note is that the this show suffers because the anime is one of the best animes ever made, and it just robs it of the heart. Like I said, like there's it, it feels soulless because of how so full the anime is. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't do it perfectly, it's going to flop. It's not going to be good. And you shouldn't do it perfectly. You shouldn't do it just like it is. You should just let it go. I feel like it tarnishes these, these shows are tarnished because it's like, Oh yeah, they made this live action. It was total dog shit and they canceled it after one season or they ran it for too long and it was horrible. And they completely like bastardized the characters and the themes and, and the world and, and, and everything. And just, you know, stop doing it. Yeah. I think it's a real shame because I think it's like been spurred on by the success of comic book films, right? Yeah. Marvel being the obvious success, but it's like, Oh, here's yeah. this comic, which anime is a comic is manga is a comic, isn't it? This is what yeah. the Hollywood, Hollywood executive voice is saying. Yeah. Uh, can't we just do the same thing here and have a great new licensed property? No, you can't. It's like it, 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 the Marvel thing is like kind of a one in a million shot. We've seen with DC how that hasn't worked for them and they're doing basically yes. the same thing, right? So like yep. you you have to be really careful about how you do it and this just is fundamentally not it doesn't fulfill what it was trying to do, which is which yeah. is a shame for the the people that made the anime but also the people that made this show because when you hear interviews with John Cho and the directors mm, and yep. writers of the episodes even the old cast of the original Cowboy Bebop in Japan the voice actors and the people that made the manga they were yep. all on board to make the show there was clearly heart and like thought involved in creating this and everybody wanted it the only people that didn't want it were the fans everybody yeah. didn't want this show to happen yep. and that's why it was canceled is because the fan reaction was so poor the viewership, which Netflix doesn't really disclose, was I'm sure not great because mm -hmm. all the fans were just like boycotting and saying, look, we know this is going to be bad because we know what is good and what we like about the the anime. And even if the heart's in the right place of the people that made it, that's not going to stop the people from consuming it or not consuming it, which they didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's really sad, actually. I, I did read a fair amount about you know, the, the actors, both from, you know, the new live action series and the original anime and producers and people who worked on it, they talked about, like you said, they were super excited. They put their heart into it. They really wanted this to be successful. And a lot of them were kind of tapped to, to consult on it and, and things like that. And 
it's just it's so sad for these people who just it just flopped you know their 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 legacy you know their their love was poured into this show and then it was recreated and it flopped and it's interesting because you again we don't know exactly what the viewership was but i read part of an interview where john cho was talking about how it hit him just blindsided they had no idea they yeah. thought it was good. They thought it was going to keep going because of what it is, right? It's you mean the cancellation? Everybody, yeah, yeah. The cancellation yeah. hit him like a ton of bricks. It was just they nobody expected it, and they didn't really talk to him about it. It was just I can clear, I can see this clearly as like some executives were like, "Hey, well, we need to make money. Let's just revitalize another old thing and and you know put it together." Like I think the only reason why the MCU part of why the MCU movies and shows and whatever work is because. Kevin Feige and all of them have spent years and years and years ahead of time putting things together and making sure everything was perfect. Yeah. And I think that this series had maybe a year or two and during the pandemic to get put together, they didn't have the time or didn't take the time to be able to do it right. And and that just doesn't happen. I feel like that's what happens with most of those animes to live actions. They don't take the time to do it right. Yeah, to flesh out the source material and put in the love. Yeah. Uh, that I think the writing really needs, I, like, the cast, as we praise, like, is pretty good, right? Like, uh-huh. when I look at John Cho walking and wearing the Spike's Beetle outfit, he looks and feels like Spike. Thousand the problem percent. is that translation, right? Because you watch the, the way that a fight scene is choreographed and animated in the anime, and it's fluid and dynamic, and the hits feel real and all of that, and you... It, it falls so flat on the live action version. And that was going to be, I just remembered that was going to be one of my criticisms was the, well, the choreography in, in the live action or the, yeah, the, the choreography in the, in the fighting. It was so fake. It looked fake. The only good choreography in the whole show is the final fight sequence between Spike and Vicious. Do you want to know yes. why? Because they recreated that scene. It's literally shot for shot. A yeah, remake it's of the fight shot sequence. Shot of remake, and I I loved that. Like, that was one of my favorite scenes. Was the and for those who haven't seen it, basically, uh, Vicious and Spike are fighting all out. Everything's on the table. They're literally like everything in front of they this can. Giant stained in, glass window in a church. Yeah, in this giant. You know, they they kind of go into this church. That's kind of where the syndicate's all posted up right now. And they end up in front of this huge, like, mosaic stained glass window. And it's dark, but the moonlight's coming through. And you have this, like, beautiful scene put together. And they end up with, like, with Vicious with, like, a katana pointed at, like, like Spike's shoulder. And Spike has a gun on Vicious in the exact same position on him. And they have each other both dead to rights. And it's just, like, this perfect moment of like cinema we were like holy shit what's gonna happen it's that build up that suspense that like that's what we needed that was the only good action sequence in the live action everything else felt like a meme it just felt so hokey and stupid um and that was that was one of my main criticisms we got off track and i completely forgot to mention it but it was just bad it was like did they hire any actual like stunt people or anybody who knew how to actually fight or film fighting to like be on the show and you have to wonder when the the show came out relative to the pandemic which i think has to be part of the conversation here about like the restrictions and limitations of them making this show because i'm sure i'm certain that it had uh, it played a part in some of the way that they had to film and and create a lot of these things um i also know that it was filmed in new zealand uh weirdly enough and so you can tell a lot of the uh side characters characters that have like a single line and stuff are very clearly kiwi actors who are hiding their accent Mm -hmm. poorly which i always thought (laughs) i always think is really funny Um, but I think like this show was made on a shoestring budget with people that cared enough about it to put in the time and effort to make it look right but didn't have the budget to support making it look right and ultimately it fell short because it's just worse than the anime go watch the anime that's that's the episode that's what we should call this episode is just go watch the anime because it's better yeah I mean that's that's the biggest credit I can give to this live action series is it made me really 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 want to watch the anime series yeah I have a couple friends uh two of my best friends from college are like really into anime and they've talked about Kobe Bebop a lot and they're like we know you don't like anime you really liked some of these other shows that we've liked you will love this show everybody loves Cowboy Bebop 
It doesn't yeah, matter and, if you like and, anime or not, because I'm not a big anime person. Yeah. I fucking love Cowboy Bebop. And now I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to have to tell them with that my tail between right. my legs that they were right, <laughs> and I should have watched it years ago, <laughs> the because worst they've been telling for me for almost 10 years. I've known these people since 2011, and they've been telling me the whole time, you need to watch this show. And now I have to let my pride now. down. I have to watch the show, and I have to tell them, you guys were right. Yeah. And to tell um, them to not watch the live action one. And it, uh, yeah, and to spare them, I will let them listen to this episode and say, guys, don't. Yeah, this is, uh, you've like blasphemed a little bit because, like, when you talk to people about Cowboy Bebop in the future, you can't say that you watch the live action before you watch the animated one. No, I, I feel never, like it's like a cardinal sin that we committed. I've never audio. seen the live action. Yeah. You don't know me. This isn't me. I've never, Andrew is a fake name. I've never seen the live right. action. Yeah. The, the real guy out there, he's seen only the anime. Doesn't even want to watch the live action because he knows it's bad. Everyone who's listening to this episode is complicit in your crime right now <laughs> of you hiding the truth about this. But We're all I colluding, think, but it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Andrew, what is your star rating, your official seal for <sighs> the live action Netflix Cowboy Bebop show? I'm going three out of five. Okay, three out of five. Um, because the casting was great. Chemistry between the characters were great. Uh, at least casting for the main characters, for the most part, was great. Um, and honestly, what really carries it up from like two to three stars is that it made me so badly want to watch the anime because the <laughs> universe was so good. Yeah. Okay. And I knew that I knew that the anime was going to deliver what I wanted this to deliver. Yeah. So that's why I guess three stars. Okay. Uh, just a friendly reminder for since it's only the second episode of the podcast anyway, our rating system is zero to five stars. Three is like I recommend at your own risk kind of rating where it's like mm-hmm. I think it's fine. I'm it's not amazing and you can watch it, but you might still hate it. Kind of a recommendation. Four is like oh yeah, it's pretty solid. Five is like watch it, go do it. It was such a crying shame that it was canceled. Zero is like the people that even thought to do this should be executed. Uh, one <laughs> is like a, uh, you know, this should have been canceled and was bad and I hate it. Two is like, uh, it's like right on the edge of like, maybe I could watch, maybe I could sit through it, but it's not kind of good. And if it got a second season, maybe it would do it. So just to refresh yeah. everyone on that. Yeah. I, I would just, I would just add a little extra layer to one little caveat. A little caveat is like, Sure, they may have got a gotten a pilot episode, but they shouldn't have been taken. Yeah, for like a it shouldn't season. have been a show. And it Zero was like, it shouldn't even gotten to like a pilot script. Like the idea was fundamentally bad. Uh, well, what do you what do you want to give it, Presley? What do you think? Zero? I have two ratings to give it. <laughs> Just I have two okay. ratings to give oh, it. Oh, this so. is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so this is following. I don't know. The, that's really how the rules work, but no, you'll let's see. Just go for it, it. it. It's justified. I thought about this a lot. As a show, on its own. I'm going to give it a one because I don't think it has enough redeeming qualities to, to make me ever want to watch this thing again. The Dutch angles made me nauseous. The half the plot is really boring. The action is bad. The characters are good. And it just feels bad to watch the show. Like that's the best way I can describe it. And like, I don't, I, I, don't get bored watching things typically. And I got bored watching this and I love the anime. Right. So that like further proves it. If you have seen the anime, the rating is zero because the (laughs) anime is better. Anyone who's seen the anime, it's a zero and it probably should be a zero because all live action animes are are zero out of five because go watch the anime because it's always better than the live action will ever be. Um, And so like if I'm judging it in a vacuum away from that, first rating as a zero it's a one because like there are some funny jokes occasionally and that's it that's like the one redeeming quality ein the yeah. corgi that they rescue is really cute we didn't mention ein the corgi but they, they is have a corgi cute. and it's, it's a very a corgi. cute corgi it's a that's pretty regular that's looking corgi it's cute um yeah i think i think that probably objectively my score is pretty high but i think it is because i haven't watched it and because again, it just made me really, really, really want to watch the actual. Series. I'm certain that if you had watched the Cowboy Bebop anime, 
never heard of this, never seen it, and then watched uh, the live action, you'd be Definitely closer be lower. in my rating. Um, be much lower, I, I, I don't sure. think that you're like wrong in your three, uh, especially like, you know, if a random, you know, any listener of this was like, well, I've never seen the anime, but, you know, these boys are talking about this show. Let's watch it. They might give it a three as well. You know, it's it's yeah. conceivable. I, if anyone gives us a four or a five, I'm sorry, you're not smart. <laughs> I'm I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be mean to our listeners here because it's not a good show. Um, if, if you guys give it a four or a five, Presley's gonna have to watch it again. He's gonna have to buy some Dremamine and then watch it all over again. And he's gonna have to just try to find out why the hell you gave it a four or five. No, because if I if I take Dramamine while watching this, it'll make me sleepy and I'll just fall asleep. They have non drowsy. Anyway. They have non drowsy. Oh, I don't care. I'm gonna fall asleep if I try to watch the show <laughs> anyway again. So, all right, Presley. So, the whole premise of the show. Right, is we watch these canceled TV series, we give our unsolicited opinion on it, yep. and we then offer our advice. So I'm going to ask you, should they watch it? Should they not? Pretty sure I know the answer, but we didn't really ask the question yet. No, don't watch it and uh, watch the anime. Like it, we're not going to say this about every show, so it's easy to like have a, this kind of cop out answer. But yeah. in every single conceivable way, storytelling, visuals, characters soundtrack vocals storyline everything that you could think about is better in the anime so just go and watch the anime like even if you're a person that's like well i don't really like animated things like then just don't watch any of it right read the plot synopsis on wikipedia because it'll still be interest to you but like there's no reason to to watch this show um if you enjoy the anime and if you haven't seen either of them just watch the anime what about you what do you think 100 percent agree um don't watch it um there's no need to watch the anime again i've only seen five six episodes and it's already way 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 better than the live action was in its entirety so just skip this don't watch it let it just fall away from your recommended give it a give it a dislike so it just goes away from like you know your your recommended stuff yeah i'm sure netflix will eventually take it off the catalog because they didn't renew it and they'll just we didn't make that what are you talking about yeah that never happened. Netflix is just going to all of a sudden they're just from year for years from now they're just going to start gaslighting us and say we never did that. Yeah, don't watch it. Watch the anime. Um highly recommended from a lot of people. I'm going to recommend it even though I haven't watched all of it, but again, pretty much everybody that I know has seen it and I get ostracized because I haven't. So, I'm going to change that. <laughs> yeah, you better change it or we're, we can't make the yeah. podcast anymore cuz I won't yeah, be your I friend. Will. Um, well, everyone, thank you so much for listening uh, to this uh, episode two of season one, which kind of is a fun ring to it when you really think about it. It's like we're always on our season one because we're going to get canceled at, if we ever try to go to season two, which is like my headcanon for our podcast uh, oh, yeah, that totally. I'm sharing with our listeners right now. Andrew, have you selected the next show that we're going to be watching? We are going to watch Pan Am. Which I don't know what it was on, but I know it's a character drama about Pan Am, the airline that is now defunct and doesn't exist anymore. Isn't that right? That is correct. You know, I haven't it, seen it, but yeah, I'm I don't excited. haven't seen it either. And you know, you dear uh, listener can either choose to tune in and watch it, or we will deliver you a fun synopsis uh, next time on season one. Andrew, where can they find more information about us? They can find information about us on pretty much all socials at season underscore one underscore pod and season one pod dot com fantastic and uh please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast leave a review if you're enjoying it if you have uh, thoughts or ideas about what we should talk about uh new nuances fun bits that we can do in the show we'd love to hear about it um it really helps us out when you do that and you know we just enjoy hearing from our listeners and seeing what you guys like and what you don't like and if you have any suggestions for what shows we should watch again you can comment um we'd love to have conversations with you about these shows and and talk back and forth about why they should or shouldn't have kept going etc but if you have any suggestions of shows that we may not have on our list or you want to make sure we get it on the list you can email us at suggestions at season one pod.com oh that is a great uh reminder for our listeners um and i'm just really uh pretend looking forward to watching this new show that i'm sure is going to be difficult to find and terrible to watch but until next time everyone my name is presley my name is andrew and we watch it so you don't have to